This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy freezing cold Friday here in Des Moines. What's going on? I know our friends to the north got a whole bunch of snow. My father in southeastern Michigan in the Detroit area got uh, has, hasn't had power for two days, <laughs> which is great when you're, uh, you know, 70 six years old you kind of need power so hopefully uh wherever you are watching wherever you are listening to us here on 1021 fm and 1350 espn des moines uh you are able to stay warm and mother nature didn't uh didn't affect you too much can we talk about the biggest story of the week please he is risen he is out Punxsutawney Aaron has come out of the darkness. Uh, we will now know soon if the next six weeks are going to suck. I, I mean, I, I guess Punxsutawney Phil was kind of right, wasn't he, Kara? Because but we've had some pretty nasty, like we've had 50-degree days, and then we had like six inches of snow. Minneapolis got like two feet of snow or whatever. Green Bay got like two feet of snow. I know there's a bunch in mid to upper Michigan or whatever, like that would, that would clarify that the, the rodent was right. Right. I think so. Cause he saw his shadow and he said, we're going to have six more weeks of winter. So now if you're a football fan, now that Aaron Rodgers has risen, Kira has risen. Kira, this is your cue has risen. I wasn't ready for a second Kira, time. Kira, you have to realize when a joke is this good, you just keep firing it <laughs> the entire time. You don't just let, you don't just mock the rising of Christ on Easter <laughs> with the, the hymn of the angels and Aaron Rodgers coming out of a darkness retreat in Southern Oregon. You don't play that joke just one time. He is risen. Uh, Kira. <laughs> Um, and so now, I mean, I, I understand the society that we live in is, I'm not going to call for it again. You don't have to have your finger on the trigger. Uh, I know the society that we live in, we all want answers very, very quickly. So, I mean, we want to know, and if you're a football fan, you want to know where's Derek Carr going to sign? Is Lamar Jackson going to get his deal? What's up with Aaron Rodgers? Even if you're not a Packers fan, these are still football stories, and the NFL is a 365-day-a-year league. We all want to know all of these things. And I got all, I'm going to talk about all the quarterbacks today because I got to get to Daniel Jones and, you know, bad news for Brock Purdy and what this all means for Derek Carr and one Raiders insider saying that Vegas is out on Rodgers. The first, and we nobody wants to hear this, but you have to be patient the first domino that has to fall with all of these quarterbacks, no matter how big of a Derek Carr fan you are, no matter how big of a Jimmy Garoppolo fan you are, no matter how big of a Daniel Jones fan you are, no matter how big of a Lamar Jackson, even though he's not re he's going to be franchised at worst. The first domino is Aaron Rodgers. When you have four MVPs and the, Presumption that last year was just an off year by many. Many people are talking about last year just being a bad year because he wasn't all in. So Rodgers comes out of the hole, comes out of the, the darkness retreat, which we're going to talk about this place coming up here in just a second because I I it, it looks like what a hobbit would live in. And maybe that's what you need. He made that person so much money, the owner of that. We'll get to that. But the the the... You know, for three days while Rodgers was in the darkness retreat, all the word coming out of Green Bay was they are ready to move on. Brian Gutekinds wanted to move on from his quarterback and go with Jordan Love a year ago, but they decided to go with Rodgers and they extended him. Rodgers made the commitment to them and they made the commitment to Rodgers. And he was furious and done. Like that was, that was the weekend. Then he comes out of the hole two days ago and it's, well, the Green Bay Packers would have him back on one stipulation, one stipulation 
for Rodgers to come back and play for Green Bay. And it's not the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It actually is the most simple thing. Are you all in? Are you all in Aaron? And I think no matter what team Aaron Rodgers plays for, is going to want to know, are you all in? Meaning, will you be there for OTAs? Will you be there with the rookies? Will you be there in the summer? Or are you going to wait until August to get there and shake hands with Christian Watson or whoever the new receiver is? Are you going to wait till we get to August to meet your new teammates? Because as much as I want to believe, as a football fan, there are certain quarterbacks that don't need the OTAs, that don't need to be there until training camp really begins. It was evident to everybody. I'm not telling you something you haven't heard before. It was evident to everybody that there was something missing between Rodgers and his new receivers versus, let's say, the future GOAT, Patrick Mahomes and his receivers. He was down there from day one with MVS, with Juju, even with a rookie like Sky Moore who didn't do anything until the last game of the year. He was there building the chemistry, trying to figure out how the offense was going to work with this new batch of receivers. Meanwhile, my quarterback was in Hawaii with Shailene Woodley. I mean, I think there's a lot of guys that would like to be in Hawaii with Shailene Woodley. But I didn't think that the gap was going to be this big between Rodgers and his new teammates when it came to developing chemistry and developing a passing game. But it was obvious it was there. And then the broken thumb happened, and the season went completely off the rails. They tried to make a run late, and it didn't work out. They got beat by Detroit at Lambeau and kaput. So Rodgers needs to figure this out. He comes out of the hole. And I think the difference, and maybe I I should have thought about this a year ago when I was saying, ah, Rodgers doesn't need to be in mini camps and OTAs. If he had the same set of receivers, let's say Devontae Adams was never traded to the the Raiders and it was Devontae and Lazard and Randall Cobb as opposed to Lazard, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, and whatever shell of Randall Cobb that there is. You know, when you have guys in your mini camps and your OTAs that you've spent time and spent mini camps and spent OTAs with or spent training camps with, they may not be as necessary. You know, I I wouldn't have said Patrick Mahomes, you know, was going to have to be at OTAs with Tyreek Hill. But Tyreek gets traded. They bring in Juju. They bring in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Patrick Mahomes doesn't miss a day with those guys. Rodgers trade away Devontae Adams. Sorry, Packers trade away Devontae Adams. Rodgers misses the OTAs. Obviously, there's something going on with he and Dubs and Watson, especially the first half of the season. Things got better in the second half. Christian Watson's coming out party happened. Romeo Dubs, after some early struggles, got a little banged up, but looks like that's going to be a thing. So while, but while we're all waiting on Daniel Jones and his contract, or the, the, the Giants going to franchise him, and where's Derek Carr going to sign? Oh, he was in New York last week with the Jets. None of it matters until Rodgers says, thumbs up or thumbs down to playing football. And thumbs up to going all in with the Green Bay Packers. And I don't know when these meetings are happening. I have to imagine Gudekinst and Rogers' agent and Rogers are all in the, the room together. I have to imagine that Matt LaFleur is in the room at the same time with the GM. I have to imagine all this is going on right now, and they need to know, will you be there in the spring? After the draft, after rookie camp, and we have OTAs, will you be there? And if Rogers says, I want to play, but I'm not going to fully commit to the OTAs, then you trade his butt out of town. Then you're done. Because there were a lot of, you can pass blame all around for the Green Bay Packers season last year. Some people just want to blast the GM because he tried to replace Devontae Adams with Sammy Watkins. Fair. Some people want to blame Matt LaFleur for not calling enough running plays. That would be me. Part of that is fair. Some people say Aaron Rodgers has the autonomy to to switch those plays. All right, fine. Four MVPs, he can. Who's in charge? I blame the the head coach 
I blame the quarterback. I blame the GM. Other side of the ball, you have to blame the, their defensive coordinator and Joe Barry. A lot, the, the pie, the blame pie is pretty spread out for the Packers' failure last year. But when you have the two-time defending MVP under center and you're paying him that much money, a.k.a. this year, $59 million guaranteed? Is that right? Between the can getting kicked down the road in bonuses and his cap number, you're looking at about $60 million for Aaron Rodgers this year. He better be in OTAs. He better be at voluntary workouts. Obviously, he needs to be there in camp, and he needs to develop a rapport, a better rapport. Take Christian Watson paintballing. All right, go go-karting with Robio Dubs. Whatever you have to do. And if he's not going, if Aaron Rodgers is not going to commit to being there in the spring and all summer, you trade his butt out of town. I don't care where you trade him. I don't think they're going to trade him anywhere within the NFC. He's going to go to the AFC. It may be Vegas. It may be Tennessee. It might be the Jets. I have no idea. But if you can get the commitment from Rodgers, he's going to be there the whole time, and maybe you have to explore trading the other guy, trading Jordan Love. And I know there are so many people that are just like, I'm sick of it. Cut bait. Go with Love. See what you got. You know, pick up the fifth-year option. Give him two years to figure it out. First-round first round picks get that, that, that fifth-year option guarantee. All right, fine. I'm fine with that. I am one of these very strange hybrid Packers fans. And I think there are, are, are a lot of people like me, but I don't know if I'm in the minority or the majority. I'm not sure. If Aaron Rodgers comes back to the Packers, I will root for Aaron Rodgers on the field like I have done for the past almost two full decades. If they move on from Aaron Rodgers, Jordan loves the guy. I've done this song and dance before. And while I will watch Rodgers from afar, like I did with Brett Favre when he was in New York, and I will, I don't want to say root for his success, but I won't root against him unless he's playing the Packers. But Jordan Love will be my quarterback. And I can handle either one. And I know I started the show out talking about this, the patience thing. Nothing needs to happen right now. I was on a show earlier this week uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers. A show out of New York. And the host, actually, my guy, Carrington Harrison. And we were talking a lot about, you know, deadlines and when deals have to get done. The season doesn't start for 29 more Sundays. Now, we got the draft coming up in 60 days. It's two months from yesterday, I believe. We got a lot of time. Now, free agency begins on March 15th, and that is the quote-unquote deadline. It may come and go for Rodgers to make his decision. But that is what, according to many, that's what Gudikins wants, the GM of the Packers and the owner, Mark Murphy, or the president, Mark Murphy. There is no owner. So I think today is February 24th. I think by March 15th, the plan is to have an answer from, from Rodgers. And I don't know what's going on inside 1265 Lombardi up in Green Bay. I don't know what the feeling in the room is. But I just know that the first domino that has to fall before Lamar, before Daniel Jones, before Derek Carr, before the free agent quarterback crop, which isn't very good this year, before that all goes down, Aaron Rodgers has to give us the green light. I want to play. I don't want to play. And now, Kira, finally, after spending three days in a hole in Southern Oregon, he is risen. It needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Ever look down at your pile of prep and you're like, boy, I sure printed a lot of the internet today. <laughs> like that Geico ad or is it progressive or whatever? When, when one of the uh, you're becoming your parents ads runs and the guys, they're getting directions to go somewhere. And he said, I printed off directions. And 
The guy's like, you, you don't have to print the internet. Uh, this is Wicket's World. Hello on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. Coming up uh, tomorrow, we've got the Drake women taking on Belmont and then Boston and Philadelphia in the NBA at night. And then Sunday, we'll have the Drake men in the regular season finale going against Bradley. I think Drake's won like nine in a row, 10 in a row, something like that. They've been on fire lately. Uh, the regular season Missouri Valley Conference Championship. There really isn't one because you get one berth into the NCAA tournament out of the MVC. But those two teams tied for first in the MVC playing on Sunday, 2.30. My guy Michael Admire has the call right here on ESPN Des Moines. Now, I'm about to say something that is, so I don't know if it's controversial, but I'm certainly in the minority. All right. I would not pay Lamar Jackson. All right? I would not pay Lamar Jackson. I know some people think that that is insane. And I'm going to preface this, too, by saying I think when Lamar Jackson is healthy, Lamar Jackson is the most dangerous weapon in the National Football League. He's a good passer. Not a great passer, but a good passer. And you know he's a tremendous runner. My problem with Lamar Jackson is, and Lamar wants this $230 million and one penny kind of contract, a, a dollar more than what Deshaun Watson got. But my problem with Lamar Jackson is, he's 26 years old in the last two games, I'm sorry, the last two seasons, he's played 24 total games. He's missed five games in each of the last two seasons. So he's missed... 10 games in two years. That to me is kind of scary for a guy who makes his living using his legs. Um, when you're 26, you can do anything with your legs. But the first thing to go when you are a runner, when you're a quarterback, whose number one weapon is his legs, when you lose those legs, you better be a darn good thrower. You know, there are running quarterbacks and there are quarterbacks who can run. They're two different categories. Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback. He is most dangerous on the ground. And his secondary weapon, his cannon for a right arm, is good. It's not great, it's good. If Lamar Jackson all of a sudden lost his ability to run the 4-5 or whatever he runs... Do you put him in the same category as the great passers in the National Football League? No, I don't think you can. So when I hear that Lamar Jackson is asking for $230 million and a dollar, or let's just say $250, all right? He wants $250 guaranteed. I can't help but say, uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not would I pay Lamar Jackson that much money. You know, I found a really good article on Deadspin from uh, one of their writers. How did we get to the fact that we gave Deshaun Watson, a horrible human being with unbelievable talent, $230 million guaranteed? Well, the first guy to get the fully guaranteed deal, remember who it was? Vikings fans will. Kirk Cousins. Three years, $84 million for Kirk Cousins. And as a Green Bay Packers fan... I love that. I loved it when they extended him. thought it was great. And then Cleveland decided, you know what? Enough with the Baker Mayfields and the Terod Taylors and the Case Keenums and the whoever else we're going to throw out there. We're going to pay a guy who had a year off and a guy who had over 20 civil suits due to allegations of sexual assault and misconduct we're going to give that guy $230 million guaranteed. You know who is the most mad about that besides the women that he assaulted? Allegedly. You know who is the most mad about that? Every other GM. Every general manager in football hated that deal. Because now, here's Lamar. And after Lamar, who's next? You know? I think there are a lot of teams watching what happens with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens right now because if Lamar Jackson 
gets guaranteed money? What's Jalen Hurts going to get? What's Joe Burrow going to get? What's Justin Herbert going to get? What's the next guy going to get? What's Trevor Lawrence going to get? What's Bryce Young going to get? What's C.J. Stroud going to get? You know, what? What? when are we going to get to? I don't want to get to the point where we have guaranteed contracts for all of these quarterbacks. Now, if you're a player, from your standpoint, you're like, wicked, shut up. We want guaranteed money like the NBA has. You sign a guy in the NBA to a $100 million deal, you're paying that guy $100 bucks. Whether you want to or not, that guy's walking away unless there's a buyout late in his deal. You're paying that guy $100 million. But as a fan of the National Football League, I know quarterbacks get hurt. I know these guys are out. I mean, let's say Lamar Jackson gets hurt week one. You gave him $50 million guaranteed. I mean, that is a big chunk of the now even bigger salary cap. I don't like the idea from a fan standpoint of giving these guys guaranteed money. And Lamar Jackson, being a guy who spends so much time out in the open running, where he is much more vulnerable than a statue well, that would be in the back or in the, uh, the, the, in the pocket, he puts himself at risks that other quarterbacks don't. Now, for the most part, you know, he hasn't had a serious injury, but he's had significant enough injuries the last two years to not be able to finish the season. So now what does this mean for Lamar Jackson? He is seemingly, every report you hear, Lamar Jackson is not budging at all. Lamar Jackson wants his 250 guaranteed. I, the last thing I heard was that the two, te- the two sides, the Ravens and Lamar, are $100 million off. It's a lot of money. So according to ESPN's Ravens reporter, Jamison Hensley, one thing that has to happen, now that they fired the offensive coordinator, a coordinator they hired to build the offense around Lamar, where does Lamar want to play? If he wants to be in Baltimore, regardless of it's playing on the tag or with a long-term deal, then he needs to go ahead and do that. He needs to show up, be there for the offseason program so he can learn the new offense and be there to lead his guys through that change that is happening in Baltimore. If he decides ultimately, they're not going to give me what I want money-wise. I don't want to be here. He needs to demand a trade. And I think he needs to do that in the next three to four weeks. One way or another, Lamar Jackson is going to have to learn a new offense. It's just a matter of, is that offense going to be in Baltimore or is it going to be in Atlanta? Is it going to be Atlanta? Is it going to be in New York? Where it could, could it be just down the road from Baltimore with the commanders? Who knows? So I, I mentioned all those other quarterbacks like Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. There's Jeff Darlington on Lamar, obviously watching the QB market. The Ravens and Lamar are going to be very interested if, let's just say, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. What if they get deals done this offseason? If they get the fully guaranteed deal, I think that really further backs Lamar's stance of saying, look, the top quarterbacks are getting fully guaranteed deals. And again, there are other quarterbacks. Let me back that up. There are top paid quarterbacks that are getting all their deals that are not fully guaranteed. There's a lot of guaranteed money in these deals. And I guess, are we splitting hairs where you're getting $120 million guaranteed versus $250 million guaranteed? I guess that's on the GM, that's on the owner, how much money they want to spend here. I mean, are we really... Are we, are we splitting hairs? We talk about Kyler Murray's deal, the worst contract in the National Football League, versus Deshaun Watson's potentially the worst contract in the NFL. We don't know. We'll see what happens with a full offseason and a regular run for, for Deshaun. But Lamar Jackson thinks he's in this kind of level of play. More from ESPN's Jeff Darlington. He, he said he'd be surprised if this thing got done. I think it still would come as a big surprise if they get something done two weeks. Because just because it's now been over two years. And to think over two weeks, and I know things have, can happen rapidly. And when deadlines are there, things can change. I just think a lot of people would be surprised uh, if a deal would get done over the next two weeks. Yeah, I, I absolutely would be su- surprised, though, if this thing does come to fruition. My best guess and it's funny because I'm going to run through some other quarterbacks before we get out of this uh, the show here today. I had to. I was looking at my list. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Not paying him. Not paying him. I, I looked at myself and I'm like, Wicket, you got to pay somebody. You have to pay. You, you have to have a quarterback, and you can't win in this league if you have a mid-tier quarterback. I mean, 
Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. Boom. MVP candidates. Last year, Stafford and Burrow. You have to have Brady and Mahomes. You have to have elite quarterback play to even get to a Super Bowl, much less win a Super Bowl in the National Football League today. ESPN's Lewis Riddick, he knows that if they do bite the bullet and they franchise him and they trade him, they should get a great return. Typically, it ends with you moving on with moving on from the player and trying to recoup as much as you can in terms of value for that player relative to what, you know, what he brings to the National Football League. And that probably does garner way more than two number ones. I think the Deshaun Watson deal is really the starting point, especially considering the fact that you're dealing with two totally different assets here, mm-hmm. two totally different human beings in terms of how you would value both their on-the-field and their off-the-field value, okay? So Lamar Jackson, his price is much higher as far as I'm concerned, and if you're Baltimore, you you have to know that right now. Absolutely. I mean, Lamar Jackson's a good guy. I've heard a bad thing about Lamar Jackson. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson's the worst guy in the NFL or one of the worst guys in the NFL. He is an absolute piece of garbage, allegedly, for what he did to those women, allegedly. Now, if you're on Lamar's side of this, and I'm very anti-paying Lamar, and if you're on, if you're a pro-paying Lamar guy, that's fine. But on the other side of this, before we go to a break here, Lewis Riddick knows, and Lamar knows that, He likes to run, and therefore, there's a chance he's going to get hurt. There's a greater chance he's going to get hurt. So he's got to get himself paid. The way in which Lamar Jackson plays the game, and this is not a slight against him. This is not a knock against him. It's what makes Lamar Lamar. And why he, you know, if I'm sitting here looking at him, I say he needs to go ahead and protect himself right now because of the risk that he puts himself, you know, the way he puts himself in harm's way with the way he plays. Yeah. So I think he should stand firm, put his feet in the ground, and say, hey, look, I need the guaranteed money. I'm not willing to go ahead and play this thing out year to year because nobody knows how this is going to look for me a year, two years down the road for me. I mean, the fact that, and if Riddick is right, and I'm sure there's some element in Lamar's mind of him saying, the way I play puts me in harm's way more. Therefore, I need to get paid. Which is the exact opposite way that the organization and GMs think, well, the way Lamar plays, and he puts himself in harm's way, I can't pay him. Like, the, this is where they are at. That's why there is a stalemate between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Because you take away Lamar's legs, and he's, a, he's an above-average passer. That's it. And an above-average passer is not going to win you a Super Bowl. In fact, I saw a great, this was a tweet that I saw, and I want to tell you, there are five different quarterback situations in the National Football League. Think about your team and your quarterback, and where in these five they fall. I'll tell you what they are coming up next. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. Now I was. Uh, my name is Mike Wicket. By the way, thanks so much for watching, listening. This is uh, Wicket's World. Anand Nanduri is an NFL guy. Maybe you, you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. He has. Uh, I, I thought a pretty interesting tweet, and I kind of agree with this. All right. There are five quarterback situations in the National Football League. Think about your team, whoever your quarterback is, whoever you root for, and where would you slot him? Okay, so the first tier of quarterback play is having Patrick Mahomes. All right, it's in its own stratosphere, its own level. Tier number one, having Patrick Mahomes. All right, quarterback situation number two. Having a guy on a rookie contract that can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. So somebody like Joe Burrow falls in line with with that. Jalen Hurts falls in line with that. I would venture to say perhaps Charger fan would tell you that Justin Herbert is in that category. So tier one, Mahomes. Tier two, having a guy on a rookie contract that can go toe-to-toe with 15. Tier number three, having a guy on an expensive deal that can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. You see how all of this compares to the Chiefs quarterback? All right? Literally, everything needs to... You have to measure yourself against the best. How does your quarterback measure against Patrick Mahomes? So number three, having a guy on an expensive deal that can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. That would be 
Aaron Rodgers on an expensive deal. Right now, Josh Allen all of a sudden on a very expensive deal. Matt Stafford on a very expensive deal. That can go toe. Can those guys go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes? I would say yeah. I would think so. Uh, quarterback situation number four, having a rookie that you drafted and are developing. That's fine. That's, uh, if you're in Pittsburgh, that's, that's Kenny Pickett. I, I think that's, you know, I don't know what to make of Malik Willis in Tennessee. I don't think we are anywhere close to seeing Malik Willis playing at an elite level in the National Football League. Perhaps it's whoever is going to draft C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis coming up in the, uh, the, the, the NFL draft in April. And then there's the fifth tier of quarterback situations in the NFL, overpaying for average. And that is hard to look yourself in the mirror if you're an NFL fan. And I used to think my guy Aaron Rodgers was a three. A guy with an expensive deal that can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. But he sure has been playing like a five. At least last year he played like a five. Now, can he go back to playing like a three, an MVP candidate? Maybe. I don't know. So you never want to be in the five. And that is why I'm not paying Daniel Jones of the New York Giants this ridiculous salary that he's talking about. The numbers out of New York. Now, he doesn't need the guaranteed. We're not hearing about guaranteed money for uh, Daniel Jones like we are for Lamar Jackson. $45 million a year for Daniel Jones. Are you kidding me? Rank the quarterbacks in the NFL. Hell, rank the quarterbacks in the NFC. You know what? Rank the quarterbacks in the NFC East. Jalen Hurts at the top. Lowest paid quarterback in the the, uh, division. Dak is number two, even though I would never, ever believe that Dak Prescott's going to win me a championship, especially teamed with Mike McCarthy. But Dak's right behind Jalen, and then there's Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones is talking about wanting $45 million a year. And you know what? The argument against, I'm sorry, the argument to giving him that, what's your alternative if you are the New York Giants? He, he just had his best year. He just got you to the playoffs. They won a playoff game, the Vikings, had never seen a mobile quarterback, seemingly. The way Daniel Jones ran all over them. And then you saw what happened when they played a team with a legitimate defense in the Philadelphia Eagles. They got absolutely curb stomped by Philly. And I, 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 I find it hard to believe that Daniel Jones is worth $45 million a year. ESPN's Diana Rossini was on uh, ESPN Des Moines earlier this week and said, The numbers between the Jones camp and the Giants camp, not close. The last I spoke with people involved in all this was yesterday morning, and the numbers were still very off. There was a number floating out there, I think around 45 million. Jones. I was told that that was higher than the number he actually was looking for. It's more in the 41, 42 million dollar range. The New York Giants looking more in, in the high 30 for Daniel Jones. So unless they can figure out an agreement, this has got franchise tag written all over it. All right. So if you're going to franchise him, you're going to pay him like $35 million a year. The average of the five highest paid QBs in the NFL could be a $40 million deal, whatever. I don't even know what the number is. You're not going to walk away from Daniel Jones. And I realize that. But who in their right mind wants to give Daniel Jones... 90 million guaranteed. I mean, he threw, think about, guess how many touchdown passes he threw last year. Now I realize that that's not the most pass happy offense. 15 total touchdown passes last year. He completed 67% of his passes for 3,200 yards, just 3,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, five picks. Now, He did some damage with his legs, obviously. Ran for 700 more yards and seven touchdowns. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's what makes Daniel Jones, and I'm not putting him in the Lamar Jackson special category, but that's what makes him slightly 
special. And I know this is not what you're supposed to do. All right. This is 2023. And you're supposed to take running backs and abuse them for three years. Maybe you get five years out of them. And then you pitch them by the wayside. And you let somebody else pay them a ridiculous salary that they're going to regret. Because running backs are the most overvalued or useless position in the National Football League. But man, if I am the Giants, I would rather have me personally. I would rather have Saquon Barkley than I would Daniel Jones. And I think what you're going to have to do, and I don't think a franchise tag is what uh, Saquon Barkley wants to to go down with. You're going to have to franchise Saquon Barkley and then extend Daniel Jones. And if I'm a Giants fan, I'm mad about that. I am mad about that. But what's the alternative? Well, the alternative to me is simply this. You draft, you trade, you franchise Daniel Jones. Again, this goes back to my Lamar Jackson conversation. I don't want to pay anybody. (laughs) All right? I don't like anybody right now. But if I can, I franchise Daniel Jones, and I trade him. See what you can get for him. And I try to figure out a way to get one of these top three quarterbacks in the the draft. If there's a way, I'll let Brian Dayball coach up C.J. Stroud. I'll let Brian Dayball coach up uh, Bryce Young. I'd rather let Brian Dayball coach up a rookie whose ceiling I know is higher than Daniel Jones. Is this the best we're ever going to get out of Daniel Jones? 15 touchdowns through the air, five picks, seven more on the ground, 3,200 yards passing, and 700 yards rushing. Like, is this peak Daniel Jones? Jeff Darlington says that uh, Jones wants mega money. Talking to teams, I do believe it's real. I know some teams believe it's real, and there are a few reasons. You have a player who figures, hey, if I get 45, you got Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert. All these guys are going to well surpass me. He's barely going to be top 10 Mm. in pay by the end of the summer. And then what he did in the season... Really with minimal weapons. He just didn't have much around him at the receiver position. Still won them a playoff game. So he's going to hang his hat on those two points and more. And he's right. Like, his best receiver was Richie James. I mean, Kenny Galladay was an absolute bust of a signing from a couple of years ago. They traded away the off-injured Kadarius Toney to the Chiefs, who won a Super Bowl, by the way. But I just, when I watch Giants games, I don't see a franchise quarterback in Danny Dimes, all right? Now, Mita Kimes might be the most logical person to speak about this, and she's got a really, really good point when it comes to Daniel Jones. The data you do have on this quarterback, based solely on what they've seen, isn't good enough for you to believe you can go toe-to-toe with the top-end offenses in the NFL, of course, as you saw at the very end of their season in the playoff run. That comes with context. Key, you're absolutely correct in saying Daniel Jones was in a difficult situation, and even last year with better coaching, he still had a deficit of weapons. It is entirely possible that next year, if they go out and they get him a number one wide receiver, maybe improve the interior offensive line, he takes another leap and maybe starts pushing the ball downfield more, which didn't really happen this season. I completely think that can happen. But why not wait and just see if it does happen? You can franchise tag him. You have that leverage over him. I understand you're gonna probably going to have to pay more money if he proves himself that he can take that second step, but I think you'll be happy to do so if he does, and you'll have more information to work with. I, I agree with her. Like I, I, you know, One of the things I talked about 40 minutes ago when, the sh- when we came on the air was the idea of patience. Everybody has to know, where is Derek Carr going to go? What is Aaron Rodgers going to do? Are the Ravens going to cave, or are they going to franchise Lamar? Are they going to move him? What about patience with Daniel Jones? What about franchising him for a year? Let's see what they do in year two. Let's see if they get him a wide receiver in the draft. Let's see if they get him a wide receiver in free agency. Let's see if the Giants can trade for an offensive lineman that could actually keep Daniel Jones Right. I mean, that offensive line was so bad last year. Horrible last year. I mean, I, and not only did they not block for Jones, they didn't block for Saquon Barkley, and he still had a career season. You know, I go back to what I said about Saquon. I think Barkley is an elite special talent in the National Football League. I think you can argue that Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the National Football League. I think Brian Dayball criminally kept the ball out of his hands and he still had a career year last year. 
Now you get that front, that quarterback and that running back some offensive line help, whether it's through free agency, a trade, or the draft. The offense might actually scare people. But to what Mina just said, if you're a Giants fan, can you go toe-to-toe with Jalen Hurts in that division with Daniel Jones as your quarterback? Can you go toe-to-toe with assuming Brock Purdy in that offense gets rolling in San Francisco or assuming Matt Stafford is back and he can play like he did before he got hurt? Can Daniel Jones consistently put up big numbers with his ability in big games to win you games, to win you playoff games, and to justify $45 million a year? Or does he fall into the category of five, like I read you when he came out of the break? The five tiers of quarterback situations. Number one, having Patrick Mahomes. Number two, having a guy in a rookie contract that can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. Number three, having an expensive guy that can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. Number four, having a rookie that you're drafting and developing. Or number five, overpaying for average. If they pay Daniel Jones $45 million, $50 million a year, they are overpaying for average because that's what Daniel Jones is. A bad update for Brock Purdy next. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow, I have to pull out my phone because I have to show you something, Kira. Tomorrow, we've got the Drake women's basketball team up against Belmont, 3.30. Hunter Phillips with the play-by-play. And at night, we'll have uh, the Celtics and the Sixers. As uh, now that the joke of an NBA All-Star game is in the rearview mirror. And then on Sunday, we will have uh, the Drake men against Bradley. Top two teams in the Missouri Valley Conference. The MVC tournament starts next week. Michael Admire has the call of that one, 2.30 on Sunday right here on ESPN Des Moines. And, of course, we will have uh, the MVC tournament from Drake's uh, side of it starting Thursday or Friday, depending on when they play. Got something in the mail the other day. Mm. So if you did not know, Lambeau Field has been sold out for my entire life plus 20-some years since the 60s, all right? So if you want to get on the waiting list to get season tickets, you have to Go to their site, you print out a form, you have to fill it out by hand. And I have three kids. So what you're supposed to do as a responsible Packers fan is you are supposed to then put your kids on the waiting list when they are born. I got my cards back in the mail. All right. And I have three kids. My son, Miles, is 144,998. My daughter is 14499. And my uh, my other daughter, Britton, is 145,000 on the list. <laughs> to oh, get, my God. To get, yeah, how <laughs> that's many, it. How many years does that translate to? About 1,100 people usually fall off the list every year. Okay. So they should get there by the time they're 75. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is how long the waiting list is. And if you follow me on Twitter, at Mike Wicket, or on Instagram, Wow, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, I posted the photo across all of them. Yep. 145,000th on the waiting list for Pack for, for Packers season tickets. And these aren't even the nice seats. Like this is the general like has, who's got money? Nobody's gonna money's not even gonna be a real thing coming up. But my daughters and my son. Now what happens if like one year my son gets the tickets and he's the last guy? And then the other two are like, what? And plus, my son, my oldest daughter should be first. She's last. She should have priority because of age, right? It's just the order in which the Packers opened the envelope and entered the name and gave them a number. 145,000th to get on the list. It's like... Uh, or they're that, on the list to get the tickets. The, like, lottery system in the Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah, they just... <laughs> <laughs> we offer the Wicked Kids up as tribute. It's ridiculous, right? Uh, so not a real good week for Brock Purdy. We got a lot of Iowa State fans around us here in Des Moines. Brock Purdy, of course, the story, one of the biggest stories in the National Football League, uh, coming out of you know the seventh round last pick, Mister Irrelevant, as you know. Trey Lance gets hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. In comes Purdy, goes seven and zero as a starter, wins a playoff game, 
And then in the playoff game against Philadelphia, busts his UCL in his elbow, and you're like, all right, well, that's a six-month injury. So Purdy you know, obviously had some words on his exit interview when he talked to the media about starting next year. You know, for me, I just wanted to, to win at all costs. Ray right when the team needed me um, that week against Miami, um, obviously. For all the games that I played in and stuff, I, I, that was still my mindset was just to win and to let everything else fall into place. So for me to claim or say anything in terms of what's going to happen moving forward, that's out of my control. I'm going to do what I can to get back healthy and be ready to compete come fall. He is so boring. <laughs> Brock Purdy is just such a cliche Boring, monotone dude, which probably is what you want out of your quarterback. You don't want him saying, yeah, that's my job, and damn it, it's going to be mine, and Trey Lance better not even show up at camp. You don't want him to say that. So that was on February 1st. On February 8th, we know about the injury at this point. ESPN's Adam Schefter. Brock Purdy's going to have the surgery that everybody expected to have later this month on his torn UCL, and they say that it's a six-month surgery. So if he has the surgery later this month, that puts him on track, if everything goes well, to potentially be ready in late August. Hmm. Late August. Now, that's awfully close when Trey Lance still isn't healthy. Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. So the 49ers have another quarterback quandary to deal with this offseason. All right, so... I really feel bad for Brock Purdy. And we'll we'll get to the uh, the the Aaron Rodgers coming out of the darkness in a moment too cuz I know some people are like why when are you going to talk about that? That's coming up. But first I got one more soundbite for you about Brock Purdy cuz I feel bad for him. So he's in line to be the starter. The injury happens and you're like you just heard Schefter there say 6 months, it'll be close in August. He's young. Young people recover faster than us old farts. But then we get word earlier this week that the swelling in the elbow has not gone down, which means they have to delay the surgery. So it was supposed to happen in late February. Now it's going to happen potentially mid to late March. Here's ESPN's Jeff Darlington. Well, look, you mentioned the inflammation that is delaying this surgery. Certainly something that 49ers and Purdy would have liked to already have addressed because there is a six-month recovery from this surgery. Now, I, I want to point out, though, just because there's a six-month recovery to the point where he probably will be participating at full strength with the team, he could still resume throwing three months after the surgery takes place and then slowly kind of progress himself back to full strength. And if you do kind of push that timeline out from March, that would be around August, so he could still conceivably be there in time for the start of the season. He could. And again, young people recover a lot quicker. Now, they're talking about him getting back on the field actually throwing a football, not chucking it 45, 50 yards, but throwing a football within three months. So now if you're the Niners and your plan A was Trey Lance, your plan B was Jimmy Garoppolo, your plan C was Brock Purdy, your plan D potentially may have been a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers thing. One retired, one we don't know yet. Like, what do you do if you are the 49ers trying to prepare for camp, Trey Lance ankle probably will be ready, maybe, but he's not going to be Trey Lance till, I mean, who knows? Eight months, 10 months, who knows? So if you're the 49ers, you just, you found yourself in a pickle uh, after the Brock Purdy inflammation news that came up earlier this week. So all the best to Brock. We need to get back to he is risen. He is out of the hole. Aaron Rodgers has come out of his hut. Kira, did you see what these little homes look like in Southern Oregon? As soon as they announced where he was, I looked it up. Right. <laughs> I, You know, 300 square feet, had running water, had a bed, had a, was heated. Two square meals a day. Actually had. You could Now, here's what people didn't realize. You can turn the electricity on. You can turn the lights on at night. You can, but, you know, if you're going to be there for the darkness, if your goal is to sit there in quiet and peace in the wilderness, you're not going to want to turn that on. I did see somebody say that's about a $3,000 a month apartment in New York, 300 (laughs) square feet. Like, it's the size of this room, basically, that we're in right now in this studio, this small studio. Um, It didn't look all that bad. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, but it didn't look too bad. Oh. I would go in a heartbeat. Would you? I would. That sounds like something you would enjoy. Uh, I, what were there? Only three units, right? Is that correct? There are only three yes. different houses yep. for them to live in. One was like built into a mountain. 
One, you had to use a ladder to get down like a hobbit to try <laughs> to get into into the house or whatever. And that they they actually, I was reading up on this place. Like you can set it up where you're there for two days, seven days. What'd you tell me a week was? Uh, hilariously, a week long retreat is one thousand three hundred fifty dollars. Like thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. <laughs> Amazing. So I think that's a sign. I think we should go. Uh, I Well, it's going to be tough because ever since <laughs> Rogers made the announcement on the McAfee show this was happening, that place is now booked 18 months out. 18 they, months. Do you think they have like a season ticket waiting list? Probably. I don't know if it's 145,000 people long like the Packers waiting list is for my kids. But uh, I hope Aaron Rodgers gets a piece of that action. Because Aaron Rodgers sold that joint out. He gets an endorsement he deal. He needs to. I did see <laughs> that the woman that is running the place uh, is expanding. Like, they're going to build more huts, more houses. And I know some people think Aaron Rodgers is so weird. I, whatever. I bet I do weird stuff. Kara, I bet you do some weird stuff. <laughs> I know you do weird stuff. You know I do. I got whatever. It's like this. If, if Rodgers is trying to do what I think all of us in some way or some form we're trying to find ourselves, trying to find our way to be happy, trying to find clarity. I don't care, as a, even as a Packers fan. I don't care what he does. I just want to know at some point, are you going to be good again playing football, or should I get my Jordan Love jersey? Like, that's that's where I'm at right now when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Coming out of the hut, though, I mean, that was the biggest news all over. And then the pictures started circulating. I put them up on Twitter and ESPN Des Moines' Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. Like, it looked pretty... I couldn't do it, Kara. There's no way I could live in the wilderness and in that powerless But hunt. you're not in the wilderness. You can go walk around. You're in, like, forest and stuff. You're, like, but you're in a house. Yeah, I know. You're not, like, in a but tent. You, they invite you to go enjoy the surroundings. Like, if you read the whole description, you could even set it up where the, where the people who give you instructions how to live never come to your door. Uh, ever come to your door. Uh, no, I couldn't do that. Such bliss. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. If you missed anything, we'll podcast it at ESPNDesMoines.com. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air. Uh, don't forget, we got Drake women's basketball tomorrow. Drake men on Sunday. Thanks for watching and listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.